So uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Father Leo and I uh, went out, were out for dinner with a, uh, a family in the parish. We were over at their house. Uh, great family, mom, dad, a couple of kids. Um, they also had a, a few of friends of theirs as well that were there for dinner. Um, one of the friends uh, is a deacon here in the diocese, um, probably maybe for 30, probably a little more than 30 years he's been a deacon. So he's, he's worked in a couple of parishes over the years. When we were leaving, um, he kind of paid us a nice compliment. He said uh, something to the effect of, it's nice to see priests who work together and like each other. Um, to which Father Leo said right away, no, we just put on a good act. Um, but you know, I appreciated what the deacon said, I really did. Um, this guy's been around and he's seen, he's had a couple of pastors himself. I mean, he's seen the way parish life can be and is in a lot of places. Um, he's seen some tough rectories. Rectories can be tough. Um, Think about it. Think about how they work. You get this group of men, these, these group of priests, who've been told that they all have to live together. Most people choose who they're gonna live with, right? You know, we're not, we don't. We're like told by the bishop or some board, okay, you know, you, you, and you, you guys are gonna now be together. Oh, and by the way, one of the three is the boss. So the other two gotta, ultimately listen to the guy in charge. And you work there, but you also live there. So it's like, you, you know, it's almost got like a setup for what really often could be tough. And you get guys of all different ages coming from different countries, challenges with all of that, generational stuff. So it really is kind of a crazy setup. Um, so anyway, this deacon, his observation really was appreciated because he was right. Um, we do like each other. Uh, Father Anthony too. I mean, the three of us, we get along pretty well. I mean, we're not, we're not best friends. Um, sometimes there's tension, but we're, I think we're pretty honest about it when something's not working right or if, you know, they're annoyed about something that I'm doing or not doing, they'll let me know and hopefully I'm the same way. Um, I remember living once in a rectory. Man, it was very difficult. It was, uh, the pastor was, uh, he was tough. He was just very kind of intimidating guy, uh, very moody, very kind of frequently cranky. Just wasn't a very pleasant guy, you know. I didn't like him. The people in the parish didn't really like him. Um, I mean, it got so bad, I remember at one point beginning to think maybe I gotta ask for a transfer. That's how, how tough he was. Um, at the time, I was close to this priest, uh, I still am, who was, uh, I had him in the seminary, and he was kind of like a mentor, like a spiritual director. So I talked to him a lot about the situation. I would complain a lot to him about the pastor. I describe it, I describe him, what he was doing, how he did it. 
And he used to listen a lot. And I remember, uh, I guess this was after one particular day of a lot of complaining about him. He said to me, uh, does he drink a lot? And I said, uh, no, he actually stopped drinking years before. And he said, uh, well, did he have to stop? And I said, uh, no, no, I don't mean it that way. Like, no, <laughs> no, like, did he, he meant like, did he have a drinking problem? Um, I was developing a drinking problem because of this guy. Um, so he said, no, no, like, did he, did he, did he kind of have to stop? And I said, I think so. That's why I had heard that, that it was becoming a problem, the drinking, and he stopped. And then he said to me, um, does he go to, does he go to AA or any kind of a, you know, support group of some kind? And I said, I, I didn't think so. I mean, I couldn't swear to it, but I never heard him talk about it. I didn't. I think I probably would have known. Um, so then he thought for a couple of seconds and he said to me, do you think maybe he's uh, like a dry drunk? And I was like, what's a dry drunk? Like I didn't even know what it was. So he explained that. He said, that's a person who is now sober. They were drinking too much. They stopped, but they're still struggling with whatever kind of caused them to start drinking in the first place. And, their behaviors and their attitudes, which were there when they were drinking, are kind of still there. So this person, yeah, they stopped, but they haven't dealt with kind of the baggage, the emotional baggage that led to drinking or drugging or whatever it was in the first place. You know, so a, a dry drunk can be somebody who's often, uh, they're resentful. They're just kind of angry because Somebody told them they had to stop, and they didn't want to stop, but maybe somebody kind of drew a line in the sand, and they, they honored it, but they just ticked off. So when they really feel like drinking, they sort of take it out on the people around them, who were the ones who said, you need to stop, a couple of years before, maybe. So they're kind of resentful, or they're, they're just sort of frustrated that they can't hang out in places anymore that they used to, and they, they still want to. Sometimes they're kind of depressed because they're realizing that they kind of did screw things up. Goals that they had that were kind of dashed because of this period of drinking. Maybe career stuff that never materialized. Relationship stuff. Families that maybe broke up because of the drink. And now they're like, they know that and they're kind of annoyed about that. Well, somebody please turn the phone off for God's sake, wherever that is. Um, so you and you know you're maybe also like uh, work walking on uh, the people who live with the dry drunk. They're kind of walking on eggshells because they you never know you never know what you're gonna get. They're just kind of moody and and unpredictable. And anyway, that's how he described what a dry drunk was. And I remember thinking like, yeah, yeah I think maybe this guy is because you you just described him um, sort of like on the outside. Yeah, it was he he looked good. He stopped drinking, and but man, on the inside, nothing really changed. Like it's all about the source, isn't it? So often in life, and I, I mean, certainly, I think with addiction it is, but but way with everything. Like whatever we do, that's not what it should be. Wherever we're kind of screwing things up, the mistakes we make, the sins we commit, the ditches that we 
dig and fall into. It's like, wait, why do we do these things? Part, yeah, part of us like, see, I, I just gotta stop the behavior, whatever that is. But if it's only that and I kinda don't go deeper to the, the hopefully and find the source of why I do these stupid things or unhealthy things or sinful things, if I don't go to the source, it's probably gonna come back. I mean, it's exactly what he's talking about in this gospel, Jesus. He's like, yeah, you got adultery. Like, of course, committing adultery is wrong. But he goes, hey, it's, it's not, that, that's only part of it. Like, you got to be like, why, why would I even consider committing adultery? Take a look at lust. Find the source of why I might be flirting with adultery or anger. He talks about murder and anger. Like, oh, no, of course I haven't murdered anybody. But man, sometimes I get crazy ticked off. Sometimes I can blow a gasket that's pretty out of control. Well, what's the cause of that? Like he's like, deal with anger, and then you're never gonna have to worry about murderous stuff. Go to the source. Somebody sent me this, uh, friend of mine sent me this kind of interesting video. It was like a, yeah, it was a video of, um, it was Elvis Presley um, of, uh, he was in concert right before he died. It was 1977. It wasn't his last concert, but I think it might have been like his next to last. It was right at the end. But it was only audio, so you couldn't see him. And he sang uh, Unchained Melody, and it was really amazing. Like. It was almost like his voice got better as he got older, almost. It was, he just crushed that song. The place went haywire. You could hear them just screaming. And he's kind of like, in this song, it gets, you know, he's, he's kind of building. You're like, oh man, he's gonna, he's gonna nail it. And he totally does. And then, on this video, so that was just audio. All you, you know, it was just, you could just hear him singing, and then they showed the video of him singing it live. And it became almost this different experience because he, he looked terrible. I mean, he was kind of dying. His life was out of control. All kinds of pills he was taking to lose weight, to stay awake, and to go to sleep. His life had just spun out of control. He was overweight, he was like, he looked re busting out of that crazy costume he used to wear, he, his face was bloated. It was almost painful to watch, to watch. A minute before, I listened, and it was like this thing of beauty, his voice. But it's like, man, once you, once you get to go, once you go a little bit deeper, a little bit closer, a close-up, it's like, man, this isn't good. Like at the, at the heart of what was going on with Elvis wasn't good. His voice was amazing, but not much else. I think it's what he speaks to in this gospel. Yeah, on the surface, we can always look good. <laughs> you know, one of the people kind of often ask me, 
Not, yeah, well, yeah, people just ask me often, like, man, like, is it tough having the, the three parishes? You know? And I'm like, you know, not really. I mean, at times it is. At times it's, uh, you know, you're, we're, we're kind of running around, or if it's a busy week with a lot of funerals, you're kind of, like, different places and wakes. And... But it's also great. It's like three great communities and... I mean, the bottom, the bottom line is I love it. But there are aspects that are kind of a nuisance. Like, we got three campuses. On each, on each campus, there's multiple buildings. Three churches, three rectories, a couple of convents, a couple of halls and gyms, the school. Like, it's a lot of buildings. And most of them are old. So it's aggravating because like stuff is sort of like always breaking down. You fix, you fix the plumbing here and then a week and a half later the plumbing needs to be fixed at the other place. I mean, hey, you, you get it. You guys all have homes. I just got three of them so it's like kind of like a lot. Um, and like I said, some of them are kind of old. So you, I'll be talking to the plumber and he's like, oh, you know, he's explaining it to me and I never know what the heck they're talking about because I'm clueless in terms of that stuff. And, and I'm always looking for kind of like a bottom line and like what's it, what's it gonna cost and what are the options and you know, it's like, yeah, the, 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 the pipe, this pipe's gotta be replaced. And he's like, you really gotta open up the wall and get to it. And I'm like, open the wall? And he's like, yeah, it's gonna be kind of expensive and you're replacing pipes, it's, you know, and I'm like, geez, it's gonna be so much money. And sometimes I'm just like, can't you just throw a coat of paint over it, you know? <laughs> Get rid of the stain, the leak, you know, and I, mean, I know that's crazy. They look at me like, sure, you know, that'll look good for like a week, but the leak is coming back. Like you've done nothing. You haven't dealt with the problem. You haven't gone to the source. But it's work, isn't it? When you got to go to the source of the problem in life and in plumbing, it's like it's expensive. It takes time. It's tough. But if I engage that, I fix it. I remember my mom said that like, uh, her father, my grandfather, years ago, uh, during Lent, he would give up smoking. And she said like by day two, they were pleading for him to go back to smoking. Because <laughs> he was so impossible. He was just like out of, he couldn't, he was so cranky, he was so not himself. It's like, yeah, all right, for the, for the 40 days, I'll, 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 it's like the dry drunk thing. I'll stop the, 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 the not good behavior. But I don't, if I don't think at all, like, man, why do I do this not good stuff? What's going on with me that leads me to do the not good thing? That's why he was talking about anger and lust and all these other, you know, issues. I don't want to open up the wall because it just takes a lot of work. It's like, okay, okay, fine. It's like the plumber will be like, well, then just don't complain about leaks and stains because you're going to have them. So go to the source. Open the wall. 